Today, as you know, is Missions Sunday. Like never before, the enemy desires to silence the voice of the church. Um, and he, he's, he's doing that. I, I want to talk about four primary ways that the enemy is attempting to silence the voice of the church uh, right now. But the enemy wants to silence our voice nevertheless. But God. Listen, greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. So, yeah, the devil, that's, he wouldn't be being a good devil if he didn't fight a little bit. Uh, and he does do the devil thing. And so he fights. But he's fighting a losing battle. Uh, you are victorious in Christ's name. And so um, let's begin reading verse 11 of Romans chapter 10. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame, or uh, the New King James says, who will, will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. And whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let me just repeat that. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Father, I pray this morning that, God, you would speak blessing, encourage, touch every heart right here by the word of God. Lord, challenge us, stir us, Father, to good works. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Praise breaks chains. You look at Paul and Silas as a great example, symbolic of spiritual chains in the midnight hour. How many knows that we are in a midnight hour? We're in a dark place. We're in a difficult time. But in a midnight hour, the Bible says that Paul and Silas began to what? Praise God. As they praised God, things happened. First, their chains broke and they were liberated. They continue to praise God and all of the other prisoners around them. Chains broke and they were liberated. Can I tell you that if ever the world needed a church to praise him, it is now. Your community needs a praising church. 
The world needs a praising church. Your country needs a praising church. Other church members around you need a praising church. Because as we praise God, how many have experienced here, we're a Pentecostal church, how many have experienced that as you begin to praise the Lord, that you just felt the weight of the world fall off your shoulder, and you felt the bondages and the things that were holding you back begin to just fall away? Why? Because there is power in praise. The enemy cannot hold you back when you begin to praise God. You, you, you step into a dimension that he's not allowed to walk on. Amen? When we begin to worship God, we enter a level of, of spirituality that is free of the enemy. Maybe just for a moment. Listen, we've got to go back to that battleground. But it's a time of retreat. Praise is a time where the body of Christ retreats into the presence of God, into the throne room of God, and it's just me and God. I forget about the problems. I forget about the sickness. I forget about the financial problems, the children's problems, the marital problems, the money problems. I forget about all of the problems on the news. It's just for that moment I step into the throne of God, and it's just me and God, and I just say, Thank you, Lord. And in those times... <laughs> God liberates us from the things that hold us back. Then we're able to step back to the battlefield. We're able to go back to, to, to the front lines and, and do, do battle uh, for the Lord uh, as a liberated soldier, as a fighting force, and not in bondage anymore. Uh, you know, we, we, we've looked at the things wrong in this world, in the church, it's not a list of things that we're not allowed to do. It's a list of things that we have been liberated from doing and we no longer have to do. <laughs> Amen. Uh, it's not that I'm not allowed to take part in that activity. I no longer have to take part in that activity. Why? Because God has set me free and that bondage is no longer a part of my life and my heritage. God wants to set you free this morning. How many of you have ever faced bondages that, that you wanted to shake off, that you wanted to get rid of? Can I tell you that God is able? God is able, amen. God still, if God has ever healed anybody, God still heals today. If God has ever saved anybody, God is still saving today. If God has ever liberated anybody, God is still liberating people today, amen. The enemy wants to destroy your mind. He wants to destroy your thought life. He wants to destroy uh, how you look at everything. Uh, because listen, if he can destroy your mind, he can destroy you. When you don't look at things the right way, <laughs> you can have blessings that you can't enjoy because they've been distorted and polluted by the enemy. I woke up this morning in a comfortable bed, out of the weather. I went to my living room and had a cup of coffee. I enjoyed some quiet time with the Lord. You know, a lot of the world, I felt pretty good. I wasn't sick. A lot of the world doesn't have that this morning. We've got so much 
Pastor, what are you talking about? I'm telling you, you've got a lot to praise God for. <laughs> Not only was I safe and sound, my children were somewhere safe and sound. My grandchildren were safe and sound. I don't know about you, but I still get excited about that kind of stuff because my God is able. I'm not able. I'm not able. I, I, I'm overwhelmed with life. I can get overwhelmed with life. Let me rephrase that. I'm not overwhelmed with life because I have the Lord. But I could get overwhelmed with life if I didn't have the Lord. Outside of God, I'm not sure how I would do anything. But with God, I realize what the apostle meant when he said all things are possible. Hallelujah. That which was impossible. Those things which were not, I call them done in Jesus' name. God needs a church today that will praise him. That will worship him. We take so much for granted. We're like spoiled children. You ever seen a... Listen, I, I, I like to bless people, but I like people to acknowledge that they've been blessed. And I'll bend over backwards to bless somebody as long as I feel that they can appreciate it and honor the Lord through it. It's not about me, I, it, but it's about... Uh, an attitude, an atmosphere. Uh, and I think God very much is the same way with, with a father's heart. He wants to bless the church, but we as a culture have begun to take the blessings of God for granted. The things that used to, the things you used to pray about, you now have, and you've forgotten that they once were prayer requests. Many of you Go to work in jobs that one day you prayed that you would eventually have. Many of you come home to families that you used to pray that you would have. Now you pray you didn't have them. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. There's no, no take backs. No, but, 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 no, that, but, but the reality of the matter is... We, we get complacent and we get, we forget. God, let me be thankful. Let me be thankful. I, listen, I, 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 this isn't the message, the whole message. I'm just kind of stuck here this morning. And maybe some of you never been there so you can't appreciate. I remember walking down the street and praying that I would find a dollar bill on the side of the road. <laughs> now I open my bank account, I don't have a lot of dollars, but I got more than a dollar bill, hallelujah. <laughs> I've got, I can get excited. I, I remember trying to figure out how to get my lights turned back on when the... Some of you say, I'm talking to a few real people. <laughs> how, how to pay my car bill before the tow truck picked it up or where to hide it at that's alright I was poorer than some of you 
I don't, I'm not wealthy, but I don't have that anymore. God has been faithful. God has been faithful. And listen to me. I can still get excited about the faithfulness of the Lord. I, I, I remember being in such excruciating, this wasn't supposed to be a testimony day, but it's turning out that way for a minute. Being such excruciating pain at a district council that I stayed up all night long in a hotel room and just ran water over my head. Hot water till the hot water ran out in the hotel. We're supposed to go to district council the next morning. I, I, I woke Rhonda up early. I walked across the street literally, literally taking an entire bottle of ibuprofen through the night, four or five at a time, to the point that I thought, I don't care if I overdose and pass out. I've got to get a break from this pain. Came, came. Woke up and said, honey, we can't go to this guy. I've got to get home. I've got to get to a doctor. I don't know what's going on. The side of my face was excruciating. It turned out to be something called trigeminal neuralgia. <laughs> be thankful you never heard of it. It's also known as the suicide disease. Ibuprofen doesn't touch it because it's a nerve disease, so it done no good to take ibuprofen. They put me on a, a seizure medication that was supposed to help it because it's basically a seizure. That, that nerve in the side of your head seizes. And they said, you will be on this medication the rest of your life. I took it for a while, and it was feeling good, and eventually at an altar service, the Lord told me to quit taking it. And, and hear me, the Lord told me to quit taking it. And I quit taking it, and I, I didn't have a problem, but I had a problem. And you know what my problem was? I was afraid to throw that medication away. I kept a bottle of it in my desk drawer because I kept going back to that excruciating night where I, I, I just felt like there was no relief. And then one day after church service, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, do you trust me? And I said, yes, Lord. And he said, throw the medicine away. That's been several years ago. I haven't had a flare-up of trigeminal neuralgia again. Hallelujah. Today, I, I, listen, I didn't intend to share testimonies today. But I just want you to hear me. When I sometimes break out in praise and you can't figure out what in the world is he praising God for, I got stuff you don't even know <laughs> that God has done for me. Hallelujah. I've got things that God has blessed me with that I wouldn't even want to tell you about. But, but, but God is faithful. And God is looking for a church that will still praise him for his faithfulness. Because as we praise him, other chains fall off. Other things get, get liberated. And people around us get set free. How? 
I'm going to give you four things in ten minutes. How does God, uh, how does the enemy want to silence the church? First, he wants to stop our prayer. Romans 10 says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Calling on the name of the Lord is just another way of saying prayer. 2 Chronicles 7.14 When my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray then will and, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then I will hear from heaven forgive their sins and this is a big one right now heal heal their land our land needs healing our country needs healing God says the church has the power. Either God's word is true or it's not. And if it's not, I'll just close this book and go fishing. But I believe with everything inside of me that it is true. So God has put the onus of healing on us. He has put the, the challenge that we as the body of Christ have to be people of prayer. And as we pray, the enemy wants to silence your prayer. I, I'm, I'm reminded, and I won't read the text because of the sake of time, but I'm reminded of uh, blind Bartimaeus. The Bible says that when he heard, how can they know lest they hear? He was blind. How I many knows we live in a world of spiritual blindness? But when he heard about Jesus, he began to cry out. And the crowd began to tell him, be quiet. And I loved his response. He cried out the louder. Can I tell you that when the world hears about what Jesus is doing, they're going to begin to pray and cry out. So that brings me to the second part. The enemy wants to steal your testimony. Maybe that's why I testified a little bit this morning. He wants to steal your message. Paul declared, I came to you not with excellency of speech, but purposed to only preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Can I tell you, methods change, but the message is still the same. Romans 10 said, how can they hear the message without a preacher. And that word, that's not talking about a paid, paid clergy. That's talking about you and I. I know some of you can preach. Some of you have preached to me before. Some of your husbands have given me some of your messages. <laughs> so I know you can preach. So it's not just, can, can I tell you, I, 
I, I, I went to make a hospital visit this week, and they wouldn't let me in, and I, I pulled the clergy card. I said, but I'm a pastor. I'm a clergy. They said, that and a medical degree will get you in this door. <laughs> uh, they wouldn't let me in. Now, one, I persevered because I needed to get in more desperately maybe. But one, I, I said okay and, and, and walked away. Now, let me tell you, being a paid clergy, uh, God is looking for people that will just spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. That, that, we have to, that we have to be people that preach the whole... Listen, I, I want to preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I don't have to be the smartest guy that, down, that comes down the pike. A lot of you know things I'll never know. A lot of you forgotten things that I'll never even know. And that's okay. As long as I know Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I want to preach. And let me tell you something. Don't be intimidated by the enemy and thinking that you can't preach because you don't know enough. If you've got a testimony, if God ever done to you the things that I, a little bit of the things like I talked to you about this morning, you've got enough to tell about Jesus Christ. Amen. You've got enough to tell somebody your story. And they might twist you up and try to challenge you and say, but, but, but what about this? Are you sure that God still heals? And you can say, look, all I know is I was sick and now I am well. Hallelujah. All I know is I didn't have money to pay the light bill, but I can turn a switch on on my house and I have electricity today. All I know is what Jesus has done for me. You don't have to be a rocket scientist. How many of those a witness only has to tell of the things they've saw? You don't have to explain it. You don't have to convince nobody how it happened. All I know is I was standing on the street corner and saw that guy hit that guy. If there's more to the story, you've got to ask somebody else. I'm just a witness to what I saw. <laughs> can, can I tell you that when you're a witness, and if you've gotten, so the enemy wants to steal your testimony. He wants to rob you of things that God has done. And how does he do that? Why? What was step one? He steals your prayer life. All those that call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Don't call on the name of the Lord. You don't have a testimony. Can I tell you, I was praying while I was popping ibuprofen. Uh, and, 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 and praying when I went and seen the doctor. And they sent me to a specialist. I was praying the whole time. And God was faithful. Thirdly, Distorts our message. I was thinking this morning because there is so much. I tell you, you turn on the, the, the news and you see things that we've seen before, but usually they've been outside of our borders. You see cities being burned down. You see rioting and looting. You see things happening, and, and, and we've seen them before, but usually there's some comfort in knowing that's somewhere else. Now they're right here. And so, as a result of that, I find myself sometimes talking about those things 
and not about the message of Jesus Christ. The message of hope. So I was praying this morning, and the Lord challenged me, every time you complain about one of those things, you have to praise me two times. <laughs> I, because I want to talk more about Jesus than the devil. I want to talk more about what God is doing than about what the enemy is doing. Because God has called me to be an exhorter and a messenger of hope and not of hopelessness. Doesn't mean we ignore, but I want to tell you, I'm not going to surrender to it either. Because what? Out, how can they, how can they, how, how does faith come? By hearing. And if it works, that as we hear the word of God, we build up faith in God. How many knows that as we hear the things of the world, I, I, I heard kind of a joke recently of uh, uh, an Amish community that had not had any of this virus and sickness. And they asked the leader of the Amish community, how has your whole community not had any of the COVID virus affect anybody in the community? And he said, because we don't have TVs. <laughs> The, the reality of the matter is, what are you hearing and listening to? What are you pouring into your spirit? Shake yourself. Make sure that you're tuning in to the Word of God. You don't have to be ignorant to the things of the world, but you need to be versed in the things of God. You need to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church today. And then finally... Distorting our mission. Our mission. Our mission. What is our mission? It hasn't changed. It hasn't changed in 2,000 years. It hasn't changed with current events ever. Our mission has stayed consistent. Preach Jesus Christ. Preach Jesus Christ to the whole world. So that all hear the gospel. That's the mission of the church. But pastor, we need to do these other things because we've got to stop some of this craziness going on around the world. Do you not believe that if they got Jesus Christ... They don't make enough bullets or bombs to bring peace to the world. I mean, I suppose if you completely annihilated the world, I don't know. But you cannot fight enough wars to bring peace. Why? And, and there's one message of peace and hope in Jesus Christ. And the church can't be distracted from this message to take up anything else. This has to be the central truth. This has to be what we gather on Sunday to talk about. It has to be what we grow in the Lord and we disciple. It has to be. Or we lose our mission. We lose our mission. If you lose your mission, you're, you're just... You just a shaft being 
blown around wherever the wind one's current events because this current event if Jesus tarries the things that you're seeing now will eventually become history but there will be another wave of current events and if our whole life is being blown from current event to current event and we've lost the mission then we've lost the battle. Pastor, Pastor you, you, are you trying to say we shouldn't be involved? We need to be involved. You need to be involved. I started this service today. But what I ask you to do, I ask you to pray and vote, vote biblical values. You need to be involved. But you also have to come to the place where, you know, I, I've had to surrender. And I said, Lord, I know what I want to happen. I know what I want to happen. I know what I feel like would be better for the country. But Lord, not my will. That's how I can have peace. That's how I can have peace. I'm not going to jump off the world November 4th or 5th regardless of what happens. I'm going to keep preaching the gospel because that's my mission. We cannot lose focus of what God has called us and placed us here to do. So I just want to encourage you in the Lord. Listen, be as, be as, as I guess, political as you want to be. Just make sure you're not forsaking your mission in the process. Just make sure you're not. And it may be your mission to do some of that stuff. You know, God's commissioned people in that arena. But I, I just want to encourage you in the Lord. You've got to make sure that Jesus Christ is central to everything that you're doing. And I want us this evening, this morning, it is still morning. It's not evening. Afternoon, technically. I want us to close out by coming around the altar and praising the Lord and worshiping God. Because, as I said, this church needs you to praise. This community needs you to praise. This world needs you to praise. To God be the glory. God bless you. We love you. And you're dismissed. Amen.